If you should lose your cleaning equipment, field expedients may have to be employed. A piece of heavy wire, for instance, may serve as a limited substitute for your cleaning rod. Or, if you run into a friendly mechanized patrol, you might borrow the bore brush and cleaning rod of the 50 caliber machine gun to clean the chamber of your M16A1. Are you a gun guy? Like I know guns. <laughs> well, you you kind of have to because of your job. But like you're not like a gun nerd. No, not really. I'm not either. I know of guns. Yeah, I'm f- I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't fucking like go. They meant to say mag, not clip. Clip, isn't it? No. Because <laughs> I've definitely uh, seen those people. AR stands for assault rifle. That's a proven fact. And uh, hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe. And back from his uh, brave trip to, <laughs> to the operating room is Nick. Yeah. I died a little bit on the table. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what happens when they give you too much drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how you doing now with the, uh, terrible with the robot leg? Terrible. Yeah. I, f- I feel like it would have been better if you just sawed your leg off and yeah. had a robot leg I think installed so too. like grandma's boy. Yeah. It would have been great. <laughs> I would have loved it. I would have been able to do so much cooler things. What all did they do to that? They put a whole bunch of plates in there. Plates. They said an implant with wires or some shit. An implant? They yeah. Gave your, they gave your leg a tit? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, yeah, we put it around your ankle, we put wires around it, and then we had to put, put crush your bone back together. Jesus Christ. This sounds oh, fucking holy fuck. That doesn't sound like a surgery as much as it does like you, something you do in shop class. Yeah. Just go ahead and bolt this fucking leg back together. The giant drill. And like shop class, it's uh that it wasn't a surgeon, it was a it was a kind of a sad guy who definitely lost out in family court, He's single. Yeah. Wearing plaid for sure. Just like well, I didn't really measure it twice, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put a screw <laughs> in his leg. You know what they say: Me- measure once, put in a screw in, in into an ankle. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know what they call a guy who got D's in medical school, right? A doctor. You know what they probably call him? Colonel. Uh, oh, yeah, because <laughs> he was Very in the true. army. Uh, so, before we go off a tangent, um, I talked a little bit about guns. We're not gun guys, um, but we're gonna be talking about the history of a gun. And it might be the most controversial history uh, of a gun in American history. Um, no, we will not be talking about civilian ownership of said gun. Because we are talking about the M16. Yay. A gun that we have both used and hate. <laughs> uh, now obviously, Otherwise known as the musket. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, we did not use this version of an M16. I know I never use any no. v- Vietnam era versions of an I've M16. Seen them. Yeah, I've seen them too. I um, played with them, but I haven't shot them. Yeah. Um we did you we use much more modern versions, like an A2 or something like that. Um still a giant piece of shit. I have nothing to say about it except uh it didn't blow up in my face, which has happened. Uh Ooh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um something I left out of this, but um in the in the initial testing of the uh, U- Eugene Stoner's rifle, which would turn into the M16, it just exploded in the guy's hand and like blew off half his face. You're supposed to throw this at the enemy so they can use it. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole point. Uh, the, it's actually made out of pure hand grenades. Uh, yes. We didn't think this through. Um, 
Now, the M16 rifle has a wide array of opinions about it that have only gotten more complicated in the year of our Lord, 2019. Uh, Now, that had started all the way back in the 50s and 60s, um, and uh, it's either considered a piece of shit or a the golden standard for modern military engineering. Who says that? Gun dumb people. Gun people. Um, now, I will say I've seen two camps on this, and that is the rest of the world yeah. and uh, people who are just way too nationalist about their weapons. It's like the same reason why the military has effectively accepted the fact that the M1 Abrams is no longer... Uh, the pinnacle tank in the world, but instead of just like, fuck it, we'll just use the Leopard, they'll be like, nope, just keep bolting computers on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's the same reason why pretty much ever since World War II, or, or even World War II itself, we've had a, uh, an overwhelming obsession in America for ensuring that soldiers are, are equipped with American rifles. Now, machine guns, submachine guns, all that shit's kind of hit and miss. Like the, the M240 is an American. It's, it's Belgian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there's always been a, a, a obsession with ensuring that American boys have an American rifle. Um, now, that does kind of make sense in the, in the concept of like what they were thinking this rifle would do, and that is fight communists. Like um, fight Soviets yeah. in a total war scenario. Now, uh, C.J. Chivers in his book the uh, the gun, uh, kind of it's now that book's about the AK-47, uh, and I highly recommend it. But he kind of posits that um, uh, the concept of total war no longer exists with the modern invention of assault weapons. I, I kind of agree, because as you've seen, that that really hasn't happened since. And instead, it's become very, very easy for um, guerrilla forces to fight much more, uh, much more effectively with assault weapons. Very, or yeah. Jackson, who goes to your local high school. Um, <laughs> and that is somehow spelled with a Y. Uh, now, is a rifle that has, like I've kind of pointed out, has uh, become the go-to sex toy for the American, uh, modern American gun culture, bro. Um, but now, a lo- all this can be debated. Um, if it really is the the pinnacle of modern firearms, like people like to think, even though obviously we've moved on from the M16 to the M4, but same basic design. Yeah, very. Now, there's a lot of small engineering de- uh, things I'm probably going to get wrong. I'm not an engineer. I'm a historian. And I looked over historical aspects of this gun, not gunsmithing ones, because one, I can't read them. And two, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't care. Yeah. Um, I'll make this as accessible as I can, as I always do. Uh, now, what cannot be debated, however, is that American soldiers fighting in Vietnam were given a weapon by politicians in Washington, D.C. who knew it would fail, and it killed probably hundreds of people on the wrong end of it. Yeah. Uh, but, as always, we have to go back in time before the M16 is even thought of as a concept to figure out why it was created. So we're it going all, back to the musket. It goes back to World War II. Nah. Um a study was conducted at the end of World War II into American combat units who fought on all fronts of World War II uh, into combat effectiveness of a modern rifleman. They found something very surprising. Nearly four-fifths of all soldiers who saw active combat had never fired their rifle. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. That is... Holy fuck. Now, remember, this is American. This, is, this doesn't uh, bring in a, uh, the Soviets, the British, right. the Germans, nothing. But American... The vast majority of American... 
frontline combat soldiers never once fired the rifle in anger. Which is actually kind of funny because um, that is brought up in Band of Brothers, where um, uh, not Captain Winters, but the his like aide uh, says, you Nixon? know, I think yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I've never fired my rifle, and he's like, really? You know, he jumped at Normandy, he jumped at Martin Gar- Mar- Market Garden, he did all this, never fired his rifle once. Turns out, not that weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are. If, if you were to pick one group of people who fired more than anybody else, what weapon do you think they'd be holding? I would assume a rifle. Right? Um, so this is a group of soldiers who fired their rifle, or f- sorry, fired their weapon virtually 100% of all engagements they ever fought in. You, you want to take a guess who it was? It's, could- it's, it's a handheld weapon. It's not a cruiser machine gun. Is it a handgun? No. Like what is- the Browning automatic rifle. Okay. So soldiers who carried the Browning automatic rifle, uh, so for people who are unaware or not, or even less gun people than we are, the Browning automatic rifle, or BAR, was the closest thing to an assault rifle that was issued to American soldiers during World War II. Um, no, I mean, there, there can be some kind of argument that it was or was not an assault rifle. It did not use a sub-rifle round. Yeah. So I guess using the modern Full terminology, length. yeah, it, it was a thirty out 6 <laughs> a big boy. Yeah. Uh, now imagine firing a thirty at six and full automatic, full automatic on your shoulder. And if, I'm assuming you've done it. Yes. <laughs> Please enlighten us. So I've actually shot the BAR. How is it? It's cool as shit. It's a lot of recoil. <laughs> There's almost a- like firing a hunting rifle in fully automatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, now, I don't know. It, it's select. It's selector, yeah, right? It, it is. See that that n- not sure about accuracy ended up being very important and why they were okay with firing their weapon more than everybody else. The main differing point points are unimportant, um, but the BAR was a single person automatic or semi-automatic weapon because they could switch back and forth um, that could be fired in the general direction of an enemy on full automatic. Remember Sounds though, cool. like we said, it kicked like a fucking mule, which means on full automatic pretty much useless but it did go bang 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 in the correct direction if you held down the trigger so the study found that soldiers with the bar were unsurprisingly not worried about wasting ammunition or aiming bar soldiers felt they could just pop up and spray down in the general direction of an enemy without really looking while riflemen tended to lean towards their training and worry about the placement of their rounds i could see that meaning they would hold off a lot of the time thinking that if they shot, they would miss, therefore they would not shoot. Okay. (laughs) More than that, the study found that riflemen were much more likely to actually fire their weapon the closer they happened to be to a soldier with a BAR. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, like, the closer they were... He's drawing all the fire. (laughs) Well, I think it has something to do with contagious firing. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah, I have. It's Super common among police officers, but really common among soldiers. I've done it before, and that is if people around you are shooting, you will join in even if you have no idea what you're shooting at. Definitely felt the urge before, yeah. Anybody who's been in combat and has fired their weapon has probably done this, whether you want to admit it or not. You probably did not see what you were shooting at. Um this worked in conjunction as their study found that almost every firefight took place at no more than 30 or 50 yards away. So well-aimed rifle fire was completely and totally pointless. If you could just spray ammo at a guy who you could literally pick up and throw a rock at. Yeah. 
So that gap between a full-size hunting rifle and a hunting rifle-sized machine gun <laughs> was a gap, and generals wanted to fill that gap. Uh, hilariously, one of their first solutions was uh, during the Korean War was just give everybody a BAR. Holy fuck, really? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which was a really bad idea. <laughs> Because BARs only have around a 20 round magazine. Yeah. They're incredibly heavy and they're very They go through a lot of ammo. <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. And a very, very slow moving uh, force. Heavy as shit. That would run out of it's ammo long, within like 20 minutes. Heavy. So uh, that is when, and I know we have talked about it before. And if you've played, um, I guess, the current iteration, Battlefield 5, uh, you've seen this weapon. That is a fully automatic version of the M1 carbine. Uh, oh, yes. That was their uh, middle ground. The M2. Um, and it sucked. Dicks. Um, it turned out to be a massive piece of shit. It required a particular lube that would freeze in the winter. Uh, and the return spring was so weak that it would routinely just break and jam when firing. The bullet was also so weak that soldiers had to, had to be instructed uh, to shoot specifically for the enemy's head. So, like, they're in some kind of fucking zombie movie. Uh, for instance, it, like, for, for example, it was such a bad weapon that when Chinese soldiers, which were badly un- underarmed, uh, would not pick it up and use it. <laughs> Fuck, I have my hands or... Yeah, it, oh, if, like gosh. their choice, a, a lot of the time was like that or a bolt-action rifle. They'd rather just use the bolt-action uh, yeah, rifle. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, I'll just wait till my nails grow. Now, if you know enough about guns to know what the next giant one piece of shit is that soldiers are going to get, you know we're talking about the M14. Uh, the M14 and really even the M1 during World War II, which has gone on to become one of the greatest battle rifles of all time, were the product of a weird system of weapon laboratories and weapons contractors. I am so biased on the M1. It's a good gun. Because I have one, and the, I love it. The oh only God, thing so fun. that anybody has ever said bad about the M1 as far as um, a historical firearm goes, like, it makes an audible pinging noise, so the enemy's new and they're out of rounds. Okay, Whoever, you won't be able to hear it. Yeah, whoever has made that argument has never had a rifle fired next to their head yeah. without ear protection because you don't hear shit afterwards. Yeah, you <laughs> don't just hear, hear it. buzzing. Yeah, um, there's absolutely no way that could be heard. It's a huge urban myth. Um, that, so that that weird conglomeration of government contractors, uh, weapons contractors, and engineers became known as the Ordnance Corps. Now. I know people in the military, maybe Nick as well, is like, wait, there really is a Ordnance Corps. We're not talking about those guys. Uh, completely different. These guys were not in the military. Um, the, this collection of people were collectively responsible for over 100 years uh, of weapons manufacturing within the military. Like, they came up with weapons that we used against Native Americans out West. Mm, They've nope. been around a long time, and their ideas are very fucking outdated. Uh, they heard the chorus of military leaders uh, that want a lightweight select fire weapon that could be fired on automatic by a regular soldier somewhat effectively. And they completely ignored them. See, um, the Ordnance Corps was led by a group of people that were known as the Gravel Bellies. Um, <laughs> Why? A dumb nickname that makes a little what? bit of sense. Uh, it, it was people who only thought uh, a quality of rifle, uh, or sorry, a quality rifle to be one that a sniper or a marksman could lay down and fire accurately at four, five, or six hundred yards in a peacetime rifle competition. That's like the idea of the the Springfield, uh, the one shot, door? one kill type. Do you remember the trapdoor rifle? Vaguely. So they the army picked that over any lever action weapon because of 
you can one, reload it laying down. The waste of ammo that they probably would have with the lever action because it gives them more. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now with the trapdoor, they only have one round, really. So it's purf- purposeful restriction of ammunition. Pretty much. It's like something that's like the Soviets did that in um, the Afghan war when they were like, yeah, you'll need about 100 rounds. That should Ooh, be enough. Yeah. They're like, but no, I really need more, sir. Like, nope, that's all you get. I, I say this is enough. <laughs> yeah. But I really need more. Because I got to sell some of it and then I got to use it. And that actually goes great into the other reason why the all these gravel bellies were completely against the concept of a fully automatic weapon. Like they were even against the concept of the BAR. They just kind of lost out. They weren't huge fans of the M1. These guys are fucking assholes. Yeah, they were their main hit against any kind of concept of automatic weapon was that soldiers would waste ammunition. I think their bellies were just full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> they had lumpy bellies. Now, if you're paying attention at home, uh, you'll recognize everything that they wanted in a rifle was the complete goddamn opposite of what the military's own study found to be a useful rifle in combat. If the Ordnance Corps sounds like a painfully old-fashioned way to do things, you would be right. Uh, they had routinely forced presidents to adopt weapons that they had disapproved of. How? How do they do that? Like, uh, when, uh, like a good example is the BAR, the M1. It's like, no, bolt-action rifle be fine. You know, a semi-automatic weapon is, uh, it'll lead to waste, uh, wasteful and ammunition, be wasteful of ammunition. Yeah. And like, the general's like, that's fucking stupid. Give us a semi-automatic rifle. And the president's like, give him a semi-automatic rifle. And the corps is like, fine, I'm going to bitch about it the whole time. Yeah. Gravel moving around and stuff. Who the fuck gave these guys power? It's why are they still in it's hard charge to, of things? At this point, it seems well, one, that it was a private public mixture, and a lot of private concepts or the the, the private corporations concepts and, and contractors involved were gun manufacturers or people who uh like just made black powder or mm. just made gunpowder, particular gunpowder. Like they all had stakes in this game, like shit, if things change, we can't make money. That's what it boiled down to. The black black powder. So um, the gunpowder uh, part of this will become hugely important later. Oh. And you, uh, you will not believe how important that one component in this entire rifle ended up being. Um, so this ordnance core is exactly how we ended up with the M14, which is exactly what the generals did not want, was the M14. Wasn't there a full auto version of the M14? Oh, yeah. So... For people who are unaware, the M14 is a large wooden rifle that fired a full-size hunting round. Again, uh, this would be a weapon that America had originally taken to the jungles of Vietnam. The M14 was absolutely the wrong weapon to bring to Vietnam. The M14, long story short, was an improved M1 with a larger magazine capacity and a detachable box magazine. That's pretty much all it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. The problem was it was expensive and tricky to manufacture. Furthermore, the Ordnance Corps slapped on a full-auto firing mechanism, seemingly at the last minute without even testing it. Because the M14 was totally uncontrollable when fired on fully automatic, it rattled and kicked so much while uh, firing in fully automatic that uh, it was known for giving soldiers nosebleeds. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Honestly, when I picture like soldiers or like anybody losing control of any full autos, I picture them just just flying out of their hands and just... It just keeps shooting. It's it's great like when you cartoon. watch when you watch footage of people firing the M14 on full auto. They have one hand on top of the weapon rather than underneath of it, so they can attempt to hold it in place as they fire it from the hip. Wow! Because I mean, it's. Ex- I'm surprised I haven't looked up any videos of this. I'm it honestly looked, really it looks ridiculous. Um, 
And it makes sense when you think about it because one, it was not designed to be fired that way. And two, it was effectively a slightly modernized version of a World War II rifle. <laughs> the thing is not yeah, made to fire. Yeah, you guys like, like the M1 so much. Here it is again. It, it's, it is the fucking uh, pimp my ride version of an I, M1. I heard just, you like M1, so we made your M1 an, an M1. So you yeah. can M1 while you M1. Here's an M1 with a mustache. <laughs> yeah. uh, we liked... You, we heard you like the M1, so we just made it have 30 rounds of it and changed nothing else. <laughs> yeah. um, so they they tried some fixes to uh, to lower that painful recoil. This included a heavier barrel, bigger stocks. That sounds fucking terrible. A foregrip, <laughs> and of course, a bipod. When all this was done, not only did they not fix the problem, they had effectively recreated <laughs> the Fuck, fucking TAR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they remanufactured a BAR 20 years later. Like, <laughs> they, they, fuck. Looked, they looked at it, they were like, wait a second. They put up pictures next to it. No, no. No, this is different. This one's wood. <laughs> it's, it's Homer pour, pouring the fucking cereal into a bowl and lighting on fire. Like, hmm. fuck (laughs) enter a man awesomely named eugene stoner which when i first heard about him when i was 15 i thought was the coolest thing ever i remember (laughs) honestly this dude smokes (laughs) 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 so when i was younger i used to watch uh tv with my dad and my dad always controlled the tv so either he'd watch history channel cool yeah i mean it was good yeah back before the aliens yeah and sometimes the military channel. I didn't have the military channel because that was like um, whatever one step above the Comcast package we could <laughs> afford was. So he, he he was watching the military channel and they were talking about old weapons and <laughs> Eugene Stoner. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came up with a Stoner light machine gun. I was like, oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I see you, sir. Yeah. Uh, so enter Eugene Stoner. And his AR-15 rifle. Now, we are going to skip over a lot of the background of Eugene Stutter's rifle-making attempts, because he did make quite a few and a machine gun that were kind of popular. Uh, But we're talking about more specifically his AR-15. Stoner had been working on this rifle uh, for the Armalite Corporation. Hence its name, the Armalite Rifle. Uh, But of course, when you're online, please call it an assault rifle. (laughs) Please. Uh, I beg of you. That's all I call it. Yeah. Um, you know the uh, if you if you don't like the AR-15, you can always get the AR-14. It is safer. So yeah, it's that's, one number lower. Yeah, that's, it is. It, it's it's the assault rifle 15 because it fires 15 rounds per trigger pull. Um, confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the worst possible Facebook comments I can make uh, to everybody that's my friend on Facebook. Um, Good thing I don't have Facebook anymore. I'm th- I would delete mine, but at this point, like it just acts as a photo storage device because I don't have any of those pictures anymore. But and I'm too lazy to go through and save them all. That makes sense. Uh, so the AR-15 seemingly fixed every single problem the M14 had. It was light, accurate, and incredibly reliable during nice. all photo. Uh, all blah, 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 blah. let me fucking try that again. God damn it! The AR-15 seemingly fixed every single problem the M14 had. It was light, accurate, and incredibly reliable during full auto fire. Like, you could control it even. Like, weird. Nice. Like, wait, you're actually supposed to be able to point this at somebody while you use it this way? Sleek, sexy, light, <laughs> stoner. <laughs> <laughs> like a Calvin Klein commercial. <laughs> Instead of spraying colonies, you just accidentally shoot yourself in the chest. <laughs> it's, just, it's all real sensual, and then... <laughs> <laughs> fuck! 
Furthermore, its parts were stamped rather than hand-machined, drastically cutting the price of a weapon. That's one of the dumbest parts of the M14. Like, here we are in the 50s and 60s with, like, factories and stamping uh, equipment, and they're like, we're going to machine all these parts by hand, like it's a fucking Lamborghini or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are where you're going to give this... There's a dude with a wood Dremel making <laughs> the stock. One drill. Yeah. You can't rush this. It has to be perfect. Dude, someone's just going to grab this with jizz-covered, dirty MRE (laughs) hands. Don't worry about it. Um, The AR was not new to the military. It had been tested in 1958 at three different military bases. Uh, I believe this is when it exploded in somebody's face. At Uh, a military base? Yeah. uh, I think it was on a ship. I don't remember, though. Um, And all of the reports were largely favorable. Like, all their complaints they had were pretty minimal, Like, but they all came to the conclusion, like, this is better than what we have. There's one problem. It may blow up in your face, but we'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I've had an M9, which was the old army handgun, explode in my hand before. It's like, still there. They, they fucking... It, shit explodes. Like, if you're pointing a controlled explosion in the general vicinity of somebody, one time out of a million, it could explode. Yeah. It's just a, you run the risk of using guns. Yeah. Um, that's why you, you, I don't know, wear eye protection so you don't lose your fucking eyes. <laughs> Um, now, the main problem was that the AR-15 used a two-two-three round, which, for non-gun people, is much smaller um, than the military standard at the time, three oh eight. Uh The U.S. had actually just got done with uh, fighting NATO over this um, because the U.S. loved their large caliber rifle round. Um, and it was mostly because, and I say mostly, maybe not, uh, had to do with the very close relationship of the Ordnance Corps with their manufacturers rather than anyone actually caring about the size of a bullet. Fucking horseshit. Now, the reason why smaller bullets actually do more damage to a human being comes down to something known as wound ballistics, um, which is a science I was completely unaware of. Um, a smaller round, like the AR one, uh, would hit somebody, hit a bone, um, hit something, and bounce around. Uh, causing horrific damage, while a bigger round like the M14 would punch straight through a man, causing less trauma as it did so. Now, they do create pretty big holes. I've seen what an AK-47 can do to a human body. It's pretty gross. Um, But that's if you hit them where you need to hit them. Mm, Someone who is trained less with, say, an AR-15, or what the Russians end up making the AK-74, which uses a 5.45 round, which I used to own, great little gun. Um, it'll hit them in the leg and come out their fucking chest. Who? Because it just bounces around so much. Fuck. Yeah. Um, it's just gy- gymnastics in your body. Pretty much. Um, the 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 wounds are horrific, as any trauma surgeon, literally anywhere in the United States, can tell you now. Um, so that's why Eugene Stoner and a lot of the world is looking towards smaller rounds. Um, but because of that round difference, it was universally rejected from all the branches. Like, well, we just don't have bullets for it. Um, despite it being rejected from every other service, the Air Force actually adopted it. They're like, eh, fuck it, whatever. Cool. <laughs> um, it's, uh, so the, uh, the Air Force fielding a much smaller force, probably like security forces type shit, security guards, um, and end up having it as their main weapon. In 1962, a Colt salesman actually sold uh, sold them to U.S. Air Force General Curtis LeMay by shooting watermelons with it and just kind of going, kind of cool, huh? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all I could think of. Which I think is how the Mythbusters... Pretty badass, right? Kind of <laughs> just made their show. 
A year later, Green Berets would ask and receive AR-15s for their standard weapon. Now the AR-15 had entered the weapons pipeline of the U.S. military, it began to be noticed, finally forcing the Ordnance Corps to officially test it. In short, they hated the thing for every reason you would expect them to, saying they are underpowered and totally unreliable. It's not heavy. Which is weird. It's not wood. It's stamp. <laughs> now, uh, this is, this is going to become important. Uh, they said they were unreliable, which went against every other test that was ever done on them. And we'll explain why, but I'll let you think about it for a second. Why do you think they were unreliable? For instance, when you get a gun from the store, fresh out of the box, do you just put ammo in it and fire it? No. Yeah, exactly. So, this is totally disproven. Fucking gravel bellies. So, this unreliability was totally disproved when DARPA managed to get their hands on 1,000 ARs and send them to the Vietnam, to the South Vietnamese Army. Now, if you're thinking that's because they wanted the South Vietnamese to be better armed, you are not right. It is a combination of racism and living experiment. So, <laughs> it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly as bad as you can imagine. So, they thought the South Vietnamese would be too weak to fire the full-sized M14. It's so fucked up. And they wanted to do a, a double whammy by like, well, let's see how these things work in large-scale combat. Because, you know, the Air Force has them. They're not doing a lot of combat, you know, doing bushwhacking tours or anything. Um, the Green Bay is a pretty small number. So, they're like... Let's see what a lot of these things can do all at once. And so no better place to test them than an actual fucking war on people that really couldn't complain either way. That's true. Now it's kind of fucked up. They sent thousands of mystery rifles to be, pe- to be tested by people in live combat, but they turned out great and had zero fucking problems. The South Vietnamese fucking loved them. Nice. <laughs> so this- Fuck, and they're light? Hell yeah. yeah. They're not made of wood. <laughs> Why is the army flying around in jets and then using a wooden goddamn rifle? <laughs> yeah. uh, so this caused the military to look into their own failed tests. To the shock of nobody, they found the Ordnance Corps had totally rigged the goddamn things to make sure the M14 looked better. The fuck were they doing? <laughs> so they firstly, the round in. like I had, had, I had uh, alluded to, they fire the AR-15s straight from the box without even so much as cleaning out the packing grease. Yeah, figured. <laughs> the M14s, by comparison, were not even the military models. Instead, they are hand-picked, handmade marksmanship competition rifles uh, to be paired with what else? Specially made ammunition. The military also found that military officers had met with weapons manufacturers before the test to discuss how they could pur- purposefully ruin the tests. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, how, how? what do I have to do to this AR-15 to make sure it fails? Like, I don't know, have you tried shitting down the barrel? <laughs> yeah. Just in the background, fucking one of the fucking asshole belly gravel guys is doing it. He's using a fucking... Uh, a funnel? He's using a, a barrel cleaning device, just packing shit down the barrel. Yeah. Is, it, is it jammed yet? <laughs> Already got it going. Next. Then I don't in- know why I picture these guys being also not only fat, but also always having a uh, suspenders. Oh yeah, in I, like pants that don't fit, and and like the suspenders in uh, the tucked in half untucked shirt. But their pants are also like up to their tits. Yeah, but they look like super they, greasy. They too. tuck their gut in. Yeah, they look super yeah. greasy too. Yeah, I think I know like three of those guys. Yeah, I'm related to at least one. <laughs> then in 1963, the Ordnance Corps got their hands on the AR again. Um, their greasy hands. So they, they they said that these new tests showed that while 
more reliable, they were inadequately developed. So they decided to militarize it, as they say, uh, and turn into what we know today as the M16. So if you're thinking like, well, it was working fine, what did they change? Uh, They added what was on a manual bolt closure handle, also known as a forward assist. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, this would allow the soldier to ram around into the rifle that refused to seat itself properly during normal operation of the weapon. That sounds kind of weird. Pretty much everybody else agreed with you. The Air Force and Green Beret said this was pointless, and they never even had that problem during their years of usage. Eugene Stoner himself said it was insane because, quote, when you get a cartridge that won't seat and you deliberately force it in, you're buying yourself more trouble. Yeah. Why are you going to... F- you can't force anything into a gun. It yeah. it'll make it not work. Also, uh, like, if, 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 like, the guy who's... Now, at this point, it's no longer in Eugene Stoner's hands. Like... The military has it. They're going to do what they do. Yeah. But like if the guy who designed the goddamn thing's like, yeah, don't do that. Like maybe listen to him. Just maybe. Would you though? I mean, I would. They had pride on the line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they wanted this to be theirs. Like they didn't want to take the AR-15, which worked. And be like, see this outside guy made this. Yeah. Copy like, paste. We got an ordinance core this the fuck up. I thought honestly, if, if they were going to ordinance core it the fuck up, they'd take away all like. The lightweight part. We're going to make it out of wood. Wood. <laughs> wood trigger. Sir, you can't make the barrel out of wood. Spring. The wood, wood. barrel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this device would also add cost, weight, and complexity to a weapon. And whenever you do that, you always sacrifice reliability, which was, when you treat it correctly, the M16's main asset. Hilariously, when this was investigated, nobody could find any reason for the handle's inclusion. Nobody. Nobody. Now, there's a reason for that, and we'll go over that. Colonel Howard Yunt, who had been the project manager at Rock Island Arsenal in 1963, and throughout the hearings, bore the burden of explaining the Ordnance Corps' decisions, was asked how this change could have been justified. Not on the basis of complaints or prior tests, Colonel Yunt said. It was justified on the basis of direction. Direction from where, Congress acts? Direction from his superiors on the Army staff was all he would say. The widespread assumption was that the late General Earl Wheeler, then the Army's chief of staff, had personally ordered the M16 to carry the useless handle, largely because previous Army rifles have had them. Obviously. (laughs) Like, well, we've been doing it it this long. Like, well, we've also used to use muskets. Do you want to load this down the barrel? (laughs) Yeah. We do have a magazine, but uh, it's easier to load down the barrel. Uh, another thing that they changed is the twist of the barrel. Now, that sounds pretty innocent, right? It no. turns out to fundamentally fuck the weapon up. So incre- they increased the twist of the barrel so a bullet would be more stable during their flight path. This is, of course, was also something that nobody asked for. And the direction, again, flew in the, the face of the entire design of the weapon. Remember how I said less stability means more damage? Yeah. Well, the Ornus Corps didn't give a shit. Uh, by increasing the stability of the bullet, they reduced the amount of damage a bullet did by 40%. Because if you have a smaller bullet that is now super stable and now hits somebody and does not bounce, you've just I don't know, tried to stab somebody with a needle. Yeah. <laughs> so were these guys on our side? I, I think they may have been Viet Cong plants. <laughs> like, I have no clue. They're just, they just sound like douches. They're, they're not good. Uh, the reasoning for this was incredibly stupid. 
The Army's explanation for increasing the twist of the barrel uh, was that otherwise the rifle could not meet its oil environment test. To qualify as quote-unquote military standard, a rifle and its ammunition had to show that they perform, uh, perform equally well at 65 degrees below zero and 125 degrees above. On the basis of skimpy test evidence, an Arctic testing team concluded that the AR-15 did not do well in cold weather portions of the tests. Supposedly, the bullets would wobble in the flight uh, during the flight path at 65 below. So they increased, they increased the twist of the barrel to get rid of that wobble, despite the fact this weapon was literally being designed to be sent to a fucking jungle. Because, all right, it's important to note here that the M16 is being sent specifically to Vietnam. Yeah. And nowhere else. It was only being sent to fight in the Vietnam War. It was not being sent to Western Germany. It wasn't being f- sent to units that could hypothetically fight Fucking the Soviets. The North Pole. Yeah. It was being sent to Vietnam. You might hit a cold front. Yeah. Uh, last and and probably, well, not probably, definitely, the most impactful change that the Ordnance Corps would change would be the powder used for the ammunition. Ooh, you said we get back to this. Yeah. Stoner had built and designed his entire rifle around the use of a type of powder known as IMR-4475. What that means is completely pointless to our conversation. And it was the type used in every single prior test. Ah, yes. In 1963, the Army tested the ammunition, said it sucked, and said change it to a different one. It was such a dumb decision that the Army to this day does not want to talk about it. (laughs) Really? A journalist from The Atlantic which, by the way, is the same article I have uh, is the same article I've used for the main source of this episode titled "M16: A Bureaucratic Horror Story." Because unlike some podcasts, lines led by donkeys cites their sources. That's a subtweet in a podcast. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> notes that he tried to get access to the army, uh, the test that the army conducted, like their actual paperwork. And remember, this is a test from 1963 and a weapon that the army doesn't even use anymore. And his request was denied. Which is interesting because the freedom of information request should have absolutely brought that up. Like, there's no national security things. That, like, yeah. we're not using this weapon anymore. That's like asking, like, I would like the specs for the Springfield bolt action rifle place. Like, nah, can't do it, bro. Yeah. Like, they fucked up other things in the past with weapons. Yeah. We've literally openly accepted that we sprinkled like radioactive powder on San Francisco to see what would happen. But, like, like nope, won't talk about those tests. We won't M16. talk about the old plastic boy. Yeah. Won't do it. Now, the Army made the, cho- made the choice to switch the, uh, the powder used in the ammunition based on some calculations they pulled out of their ass, effectively. These calculations magically managed to find the perfect powder for the job. If you were to guess what powder that was, it wouldn't happen to be one manufactured by Olin Matheson, who happened to work for the Ordnance Corps, would it? Fuck, would it? Yep, <laughs> it was. It sure was. Like, like oh, big powder? <laughs> Yeah, once again, under the fucking grip of big powder. And this time, it's fucking not dicks, coke, which means it's not cool. Yeah, uh, it's not big tolkum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that causes cancer, too. It's very uh, true. So, yeah, they're like, oh, we, uh, Mr. Congressman, we have uh, discovered the perfect powder for this weapon. It just so happens to be one that only I manufacture and sell to the military. Very high markup. No, I understand that it sounds suspicious, but I assure you, we are professionals. Yeah. He gets accepted. He starts high fiving everybody on the board. Nice. <laughs> you, know, like, you you have to wait until we leave the room to do do that, Matheson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just like fist pumping his whole way down the fucking galley. 
So in tests with the old powder. Hookers and blow party on me, guys. <laughs> Hookers and the good kind of powder. Yeah. Uh, in tests with the old powder, the M16 firing rate. Uh, so when they, um, they switched this and then tested it, that's important. They did a ton of tests with the, the old powder that the army had, not the kind specifically used by Eugene Stoner. And in the test with that old powder, they found the firing rate would wildly increase and decrease on its own. So when you pulled the trigger on fully automatic, you had no idea what the gun was going to do. <laughs> the gun just shrugged at you like, I don't know. <laughs> Spin the dial, bro. Yeah. Uh, its internal components struggled to deal with the new gunpowder. Because remember, it was not meant to use it. That would be like, um, if I let you borrow my Prius. And you drive a diesel truck, and you're like, well, my truck runs on diesel, and it works fine. <laughs> yeah. So you put diesel in my Prius and just expect it to work. Ipso facto. It'll get you down the road until it doesn't. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the, the, so this uh, the Olin Matheson powder burned way faster and way more dirty. Um, the faster burning powder caused an immediate buildup of residue inside the gun, causing fouling six times faster than it would with with the the Eugene powder, uh, Eugene Stoner powder, <laughs> Eugene powder, Eugene powder, <laughs> um, and it also began to jam at six times as much rate. You need that in a weapon, and you know it's funny because like, there's there's been two tests done with these specific kinds of powder, so you could point to these this this collection of information, and be like, that one doesn't work. This one works. Let's do this because that's how science is supposed to work. But nope, they didn't do that. They didn't do that, Nick. No. <laughs> So here's the worst part. If, if you were the guy contracted to, to make these guns and making like money hand over fist and you're making a ton of, because it's a government contract, you're making a yeah. fucking killing. How bad does that gun have to manufacture before you're like, guys, you probably shouldn't do that with that ammunition. Like pretty bad, right? Because you're making money. Like, yeah. You don't I imagine, want that, you honestly, don't, you don't want that money train to end. Exactly. I, ma- I imagine I'd keep it going. Yeah. Even Colt, who is manufacturing the M16 is like, this is a really bad idea and said, and said that the government uh, ammunition would not pass the army's acceptance tests. So all these guns that they're making would fail the tests. The army said, don't worry about it. Test it with Eugene Stoner's ammunition and then just switch it out. <laughs> that's like cheating. That's, that's not right. <laughs> and Colt was like, okay. Colt's like, what? Um, so Colt tested the weapons with the old powder beginning in 1964 so the army would accept them. Fuck, it works. Yeah. And then they'd, before they sent it to the they army, sw- they switched it back. So they're the same to blame. Yes. How many weapons do you think were possibly manufactured and sent to Vietnam this way? I'm going to assume 500,000. Little too high, actually. 330,000 weapons with the old switcheroo were sent to Vietnam into soldiers' hands to fight the enemy with a gun that... That must have been a pain in the nobody ass Nobody knew switching. what would fucking happen. Yeah, I mean, like... I hope the, it was just a few guys switching one at labor, a time. The labor of switching all the parts out and the ammunition had to be fucking stupid. Like, just leave it that way. Yeah. It's already got accepted, and they already had the ammo. Yeah, you're literally bending over backwards you didn't even, you just were, to fuck up this rifle. You clearly questioned building it before that reason that makes no sense no i mean now start thinking about why would the ordnance corps want to do this why i have my theories we'll get to that but i have my theories 
So this meant the army purposely faked their own tests and then sabotaged their own weapon before sending them to a war zone where people's lives would depend on it. And they did send them to a war zone. In 1965, General Westmoreland demanded the rifle be issued to all soldiers coming to Vietnam. Now, as soon as people saw combat with the new M16, not the AR-15, they noticed it was, this is a huge piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. The fouling caused soldiers' weapons to jam in only minutes of combat. Holy fuck. Sometimes forcing them to literally strip their weapon down in the middle of combat in a vain attempt to clean up all the built-up bullshit up so they could actually fire it again. Soon soldiers were running their parents and congressmen about their weapons getting people on the wrong side of them killed. Now imagine you're getting shot at. You're like, oh, gotta break down the rifle again. Yeah. It's not working. Oh, One man. soldier wrote his family's tent throwing bullets. <laughs> One soldier wrote his family saying, quote, our M16s aren't worth much. If there's dust in them, they jam. Half of us don't have cleaning rods to unjam them. Out of 40 rounds I fired, my weapon jammed about 10 times. I pack as many grenades as I can, plus a bayonet and K-bar, which is a knife, by the way. So I'll have something to fight with. So you, if you can, please, please send me, me a poor rod and a one and one fourth inch paintbrush. I need it for my rifle. There's a lot of guys getting killed because they jam so easily. I don't want to die, Mom. <laughs> now, you're probably wondering, did he die? Why none of them had cleaning kits? We'll get to that point. Because, like, I don't know if it was, I'm assuming it was standard back then. I had a weapon cleaning kit issued with me. It was self-cleaning. Yeah. Uh, so another letter said, quote, I was walking point a few weeks back, and that piece of you-know-what, so 1960s, jammed three times in a row on me. I'm, I'm lucky I wasn't doing anything but reconning by fire, which for people who are unaware is just firing into a bush for the most part, where I wouldn't be writing this letter now. When I brought the matter up to the captain, he let me test fire the weapon. Well, in 50 rounds, it double-fed and jammed 14 times. I guess I'll just have to wait until someone gets shot and take his rifle because the captain couldn't get me a new one. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I gotta wait for Billy to die. Yeah. God, that sucks. Many soldiers noted that when American patrols were overrun and soldiers stripped naked for gear, the one thing that would be left behind was the M16. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks so bad. Even the Viet Cong who, at the, who were armed with a wide array of things. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thought they were pieces of shit. Uh, how do you think the military reacted to these just flood of reports of, of, of the weapon failing on their soldiers? It's working. <laughs> I don't know. Put, a, put on your, I don't know, senior NCO cap. I don't have if any whole, of those. If a soldier, if a large group of soldiers were, were like an equip, piece of equipment wasn't working, is it the equipment's fault? Oh, it's their fault. Or is it the soldier's yeah, fault? Yeah, clearly. They blame the soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Now, remember, the leadership up to and including Robert McNamara, who we talked about recently, who's a massive piece of shit, um, blamed the soldiers, uh, even though they knew it was going to fail. They blamed improper cleaning of the weapons by soldiers in the field as a reason for the gun was jamming. Now, like I said, there were no weapons cleaning kits for the most part. Why do you think that was? Self-cleaning. Now... The official military publication of the time said, quote, this rifle will fire longer without cleaning or oiling than any known rifle. And an occasional cleaning will keep your weapon functioning indefinitely. What? <sighs> so, they, so they just didn't think it needed to be cleaned. And even if the soldiers, like, I don't know, maybe some of the farm boys who'd use weapons a lot and knew weapons need to be cleaned, like, they didn't have anything to clean them with. Hardly any cleaning, like, purpose-built M16 cleaning kits got sent to Vietnam. 
So they're just like doing the the rag trick where you just do what you can with the Spit fucking t-shirt. Yeah. God. Now, if you're wondering how the Ordnance Corps take this, these piles of reports saying that they're... They were swimming in their money, I assume. Uh, well, they took the whole thing as, well, we told you that this rifle sucked. What? Yep. They We told you the AR-15 sucked. I mean, it failed its tests. It's a piece of shit. You made us use it anyway. I fucking hate these guys. <laughs> they then went on to say the chambers of the rifle should be chromed. It'll help with the fouling. So that would have never had to happen if they didn't change the ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> the chrome was only to help the fouling with the new ammunition they forced on the weapon. I fucking hate these guys. I just can't <laughs> get over how much I hate these guys. They just sound so greasy. Yeah. Yeah. This Now, if you think this is bad, Imagine how old the F-35 was made. Or the Bradley. That's another good story. That's true. This, is, this still continues, except now it's even more private. Like, it's almost all contractors with very, 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 very little military oversight. Like, oh yeah, we'll have this to you in 10 years. Cost a couple billion dollars. Look, we know it's been 30 years, and now we've, you've literally given us hundreds of billions of dollars. But a little bit more, we'll cross the finish line. And then you get like the Zumwalt for the Navy or the littoral combat ships. Like that's just how the, it's how it works now. That's why like to have a, a uniform made. It's like it's going to be 15 years of, of research. It's going to cost the army a trillion fucking dollars. And in the end, it's going to be pink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the army combat digital uniform that the army has slowly moved past, but which was issued to me right after I got out of basic training was the process of tons of research quote-unquote research, so much money, and they, it was the worst uniform ever made. It blended into nothing, it was gray, it had Velcro, and was apparently made of paper mache because it ripped if you looked at it wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's, the, they made a gun that way. <laughs> <laughs> that one, that's a good analogy. That's really good. Now, um, like I said, the Ordnance Corps used this as like a pat on their own back, like told you, told you. Um, While they're counting their money? Yeah. Um, dicks. Nobody in the Ordnance Corps would take ownership of any of the major decisions that were made that led to the weapon becoming less effective and, well, more effective at killing Americans for the most part. Um, there isn't, like, paperwork of people approving this type of stuff? Nope. The Corps members simply blamed all those dumb draftees who didn't know how to eat clean a rifle. Oh, of course. Yeah. Now, uh, if you go back to Project 100,000, could have been true, but uh, they were a ma- huge minority, um, despite the fact that the Corps had told soldiers not to clean the rifle because they didn't need it. Yeah. Now, um, there's a congressional inquiry, of course. Tons of people were dying. Um, now, all the people that the congressional inquiry brought before them to speak, they all just like, well... It was decided. Uh, it, it was changed by decision, like I said before. But decision, they always pinned it on a group of people, and you seemingly can't punish everybody or a dead guy. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, now, what is more shocking of any of this to me is that the inquiry did not find any real corruption. I, I guess the argument was the Ordnance Corps was just incredibly incompetent. Like, because there's only two, there's two sides of that coin. Did they do this on purpose or did they suck at their job this fucking bad? Now, most of the time I have a saying, and that is don't blame anything on uh, bad intentions. 
that you can blame on incompetence. Like, if you think somebody's trying to purposely backstab you or fuck you over, it's, it's probably a bigger chance they're just incompetent. I guess like, I, I, I think I just have that attitude from being in the army for so long and working in civil service. Like, we don't get the best guys. So, like, I just assume a lot of people suck at their job. True. And, I mean, the, the, minor, uh, the minority of people will be like, no, I, I really meant to fuck that guy over. I wanted to get one over on him. So, like, the inquiry somehow did not find that they were corrupt or incompetent. Uh, okay. That's kind of horseshit. So they literally came to no conclusion. Yeah. Even though there's like, yeah, we did. Like, there's there's tons of paper. Even Colt's like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah, they told us that. Now, um, I think it was corruption and a little, like, uh, dash of just, like, vindictive mean girl shit. Yeah. It seems super petty. They don't like being proven wrong. And I mean, the M16 did go on to be a good weapon once it was fixed, even though it did not need to be fixed in the first place. Um, not as good as the AK-47. I mean, an argue, argument could be made they're both good for what they do. I mean, they definitely kill a lot of people, and the AK-47 is on flags and shit for a reason. Um, but the M16 was very good at what it did once it was fixed. Uh, it's actually really good on uh, like an enclosed office space. Ugh. or school or Ugh. mall or abortion <laughs> clinic or just any given street or airplane or government office building you're choosing or, or country music festival or I'm, I'm running out here i know there's more the m16 does its job which is killing people very quickly and very efficiently um or if you're an asshole it's good for sports <laughs> <laughs> Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say who uses it for sports because I probably know a shit ton of people that use it for sport. You know, name one other activity that is, I can, I, you know, I came into this thing, wasn't going to say anything to do with gun control, but name one other activity that was invented to kill people that is now a sport, like a competitive sport. I know there's martial arts, but the martial arts are generally purposely made to not hurt your partner unless you're me and then I broke your leg. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Um, we don't like, hey, you want to go like the, sh- the hand grenade shot put? Yeah. You want to go throw spears at things? Um, <laughs> People generally don't do that. Badminton? You come, combat, yeah, it was <laughs> the, the ancient Chinese martial art of badminton killed millions. It's actually how the uh, Huns were expelled. It wasn't the wall. It was just thousands of Chinese <laughs> people <just> hitting <laughs> birdies at fucking horsemen. Um, but that, those fucking nets. Yeah, um, that's as far as I'll go on that. Um, now, Nelson Lynn Jr., who was a general in charge of the Army Weapons Command, was the guy who approved the purchases of M16s from Colt. Uh, he retired during the congressional inquiry because, like, that's how you get out of being questioned and keep all your benefits. Yeah. He's like, I am going to professionally step aside and uh, retire honorably. And uh, so, if you've been paying attention recently, my seat's been a little hot lately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, covered in the blood of my own soldiers. Um, what did retired generals generally go on to do? Uh, take fucking bank positions. Getting warmer. Mm. If he, say, was in charge of purchasing Colt weapons for the army. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> he did. He went on to have a high-placing job in Colt. No fucking way. 
to, uh, it's not actually I'm not no, shocked. this happens literally all yeah, the time i'm not shocked at all um i wish this is something that i could say that changed since the 60s it definitely, it definitely it's only gotten hasn't, worse yeah. it's definitely gotten worse um now now sometimes they just run for office and uh i hate that even more because if there's one thing i hate more than like a veteran just pry barring his way into things by saying as a veteran is like an officer who's definitely a dork i would have duct taped the gun tube of my tank asking me to vote for him (laughs) (laughs) fuck you man you music school degree having motherfucker (laughs) that is a very super like i i inner i'm holding grudges holy shit uh i once had a tank commander who was a west point no he didn't graduate from west point he graduated from a military academy not like one of the service academies but like the cosplay version of a military academy. <laughs> like a parody? Yeah, uh, like VMI or whatever, with a degree in music. Uh, and he was the worst lieutenant I've ever had. And I'm not going to hate on musicians. Like, my cousin married a musician, and he's a very cool guy. My cousin's a musician. Um, but, like, I don't believe that, like, a college degree in, I don't know, playing the fucking oboe means, <laughs> means you should be commanding a tank. Like, but, yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, Nelson Lynn Jr. ended up working for Colt. Uh, so there's probably a bit of bit of uh, grift there. Uh, to go even further, uh, the congressional main investigator was a guy named Earl Morgan, uh, who said, without a doubt, there was corruption. Saying, quote, oh, I'd be amazed if there wasn't some. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> he went on further to say, knowing how this business is done, let's never find anything we can prove. The fact that he knows. <laughs> well, yeah, of course he fucking knows. It's it like- sucks that we nothing can be done. It could nothing could have been done. No, it no, sucks. If this happened today, even it, less yeah. would fucking no, happen. Exactly. It still sucks. Yeah. If you were like uh, years ago, there was huge investigations into M4s. Um, and this came up during, I believe, the Battle of Wanat, when soldiers were complaining they were firing their rifles so much they were jamming and they were having to take them apart to clean them. And like, we're going to launch a full investigation. Uh, we're going to look into the, the I, th- I believe the, the main part of theirs is like the magazines, which suck. Uh, and I can confirm that, uh, the, the, like the aluminum magazines that are handed out by the army are fucking bullshit. And on more than one occasion, I had to slap my magazine to get my weapon to fire like a bolt action rifle, except it was slap powered. I, just, I had a slap powered <laughs> assault rifle fighting the Taliban who nice. had a weapon older than my mother working flawlessly. And they like definitely didn't clean that motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, uh, they had a full investigation into the failure of these weapon systems and like they came out and admit like there's definitely some, uh, some problems. Um, there's, there's issues with these, with these magazines, these, these rifles, um, fast forward a couple years, I deployed same rifle, same magazines. Time is a fucking flat circle, Nick. Time is a flat circle and I hate everything. Like I, 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 I don't know what to do other than be mad. <laughs> That's how I feel. Right now, it's kind of like whatever. I mean, I, I guess I, I can close this out by saying what I have prepared, even though everybody already knows this. In true government form, nothing and nobody was ever held legally accountable for what was almost certainly killed dozens, if not hundreds, of American soldiers for what amounted to be a pissing contest over rifles. Yeah, I, w- I honestly, episode. I wish I could say that like we don't have a modern equivalent to this because like. Now we have people who just waste billions and billions of dollars. And like, if this cost $50 billion to come up with a stupid rifle, I wouldn't be mad because I don't care. I mean, the government misuses money all the fucking time. If you're going to be mad about how we spend, you know, infinity dollars 
on the military and the fact that like people are dying from not having diabetic medications. You're just going to tear all your hair out and look like me. But like they literally killed people to make a point. Yeah. Like the, it, it's like the, the not going to say I told you so. Right. I told you this sucked. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, it's like the bizarro world F 35 or like oh, uh, the bizarro world Osprey where um, everybody said, yeah, there's a whole lot wrong. And they just like kept killing people. And like, but I mean, again, I mean, the Osprey ended up getting fixed after it killed, I think, like a dozen people in testing. It still kills. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how many people the F F thirty five has killed. Uh, I know it's crashed quite a few times and vanished Jeez. into the sea. Uh, but like, like it, if this only was like the Zumwalt or the LCS ships in the Navy and it was just like a a money pit boondoggle, I, I I'd laugh at it. And I do I do plan doing an LCS episode because it's funny. Um, but like, I wouldn't bother me or upset me. Cause like, it, it, if you're going to be mad every time the government wastes a billion dollars on like the toilet seat of a submarine, like you're, you're going to have a bad fucking time. Um, but this would be like, if actually this is exactly something that happened. Um, a, co- a military contractor sent Kevlar vests to Iraq and Afghanistan. They knew did not work. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, they got fined. That was it. They got fined. Oh, a little slap on the wrist. <laughs> yeah, uh, which uh, definitely killed people. Like those, those vests probably were put in a position where they were going to stop something that they could not physically stop. Yeah. Um, and but that I don't, we don't know how many people that killed. This killed. I'm going to ballpark and say at least 500 people. Easy. Um, this is very early on in the war. Um, it happened before the worst casualties of the war were starting. Yeah. But I mean, how many? I mean, those. I had two letters. I found two dozen that I did not use of people like being so upset about something. They literally wrote their congressman. That's insane. Yeah. So like if 20 people are writing about all the, all the rifles in my unit are failing, like that means it's probably a hundred or 200 or 300. I mean, they shipped 330,000 rifles that did not work to a war. (laughs) Like, to say that it killed 500 or even 1,000 is still a huge minority of the, of, of the, the amount of rifles they sent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nobody's ever held accountable, and now uh, everybody loves the M16. It's so on point with our show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to buy into the concept that uh, the Ordnance Corps is just full of Viet Cong sympathizers. I kind of like that one, too. Uh, that we now see the gavel to uh, Ordnance Corps, what's your name? Ho Chi Minh. Ah, yes. Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> yeah. There's just one guy in the back like, what? Does nobody notice this? <laughs> yeah. Landon Bresnev sitting next to him. Yeah. Get that man out of here. Yeah. Uh, he clearly works for Eugene Stoner. Yeah. Uh, so, again, that's our horribly depressing episode, per usual. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you think our show is worth a dollar... We will not spend it on M16. Uh, no, you can. I'm sure if we had even more, I would never spend it on M16. No, <laughs> that's my solemn promise. I will never buy anything with your Patreon dollars that will shoot somebody. <laughs> that is the lions led by donkeys guarantee. Uh, if you uh, give us just one dollar, you get at least one bonus episode a month. You get access to our communal Discord with the Hell of a Way to Die podcast. Um, you get episodes early before everybody else gets to hear them. Uh, if you donate $5 and above, you get two bonus episodes a month. You get a free copy of my book, The Hooligans Kandahar, or Citizen of Earth. Up to you if you already own deal. one. Um, you get 
sticker. You get uh, my first firstborn son. You get uh, a lock of my dog's hair. Uh, but you get every Plenty of that. Yeah. Uh, please just give me money. I, I need to pay my bills. <laughs> I need to pay Nick's hostile bill of zero dollars. Yeah. Uh, but no, really. Uh, it's mainly you- my confidence. <laughs> it's gone completely down. Uh, I tripped literally on the stairs on the way up here. <laughs> yeah, the, the the studio is an ADA compliant. Uh, we don't have a we don't have a was it the stair lift. Oh yeah, the stair. Lift. Yeah, if you if you give us enough money to install a stair lift, stair lift, I will do it, uh, and then tear it down in five months when he doesn't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, but or keep it up and ramp that bitch. Uh, can you get a DUI for for speeding in a stair lift? <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> uh, but thank you again so much. Um, Write and review us on iTunes so we can try to get up there in the rankings. We are currently the... the There's a 700 in... Uh, uh, last time I looked, it was 600 in Ireland. Yeah! <laughs> we love our Irish fans, and uh, we're going to get drunk as a dedication to you. I was going to do that anyway. But yeah. <laughs> uh, until next week, later...